Gopher fans, it's Phil Mackey here with a question for you business owners specifically. Have you ever had an insurance claim that left you feeling like you got sacked in the end zone? When something bad happens to the company you built with your blood, sweat, and tears, you don't want to be left sitting on the sidelines waiting to get back in the game. You want your insurance team to be ready with a game plan that helps you recover smoothly so you can get on with running your business. Your local federated representative is ready to create a custom playbook of specialty insurance products and risk management strategies for you. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. And thank you for finding this edition of the Score North Gophers show being done a little bit differently today for many obvious reasons. But myself, Ross Brendel, and of course, Mr. James Murphy, we wanted to make sure we could find a way to still give you some content and have a little fun during these uh, very crazy and weird times we're currently living in with the COVID-19 outbreak and obviously coronavirus, whatever your term that you want to call it. But myself, Ross Brendel, at Brendel Ross on Twitter, James Murphy, at Murph underscore MN. We are here to pod for you. Thank you so much for finding this edition, whether it be via Apple, Spotify, or the free Score North mobile app, or at scorenorth.com. Very appreciative of you doing so. Just for full disclosure, here is our setup. I am talking to you today through the microphone in my computer. James Murphy is on the phone through a handy-dandy app recording into my microphone on the computer. So full disclosure, we are sacrificing a bit on the quality, but we want to be able to reach out to you who are listening to the Gopher Show and just people who want to stay in the know on what's happening with Gopher Sports. And in all honesty, you just want a little bit of escape. So James, thank you yourself for making time. And first and foremost, how are you... uh, Holding up during these interesting times, I I must say, by the way, right off the bat, you and I are both currently crushing root beer. Yours look to be barks. Mine is uh, my <laughs> mine is out of the two liter, the ninety nine cent cheap version. I believe it's the everyday essentials version from whoa, Cub. Whoa, whoa. So so you're already having to sacrifice good root beer right now. Like that's that's already happening because of because of the uh, the situation we're we're dealing with currently. You're already having to cut your root beer expense. It was ninety nine cents and it was readily available, so I just went for it. Yeah, but is it any good? It's actually very drinkable. It really is. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, okay. I mean, fair enough, but I, I'm not giving up my barks. It's, I mean, it may be, you know, six bucks for a 12-pack, but that's okay. I, I'll, I'll rather deal with that. Well, can we also review quickly here out of the gate how expensive just a 12-pack of pop has become? And this is yeah. obviously... Especially if you don't if you don't purchase it the way that they want you to, which is, you know, if you buy three, or if you, if you buy two, you get one free. Um, you know, if you do that, it's not that bad. But yeah, for just one... 12-pack of cans, it's it's going to be 6 bucks at, at your local grocery store. One of my new least favorite things that is happening at stores all across the country, and I'm just so not willing to change with these times, is the you need our card or our rewards program. You know, there's a couple grocery chains that are big into this. Oh, it's 2 for $4 if you have our card, but if not, it's actually three fifty a piece. Well... Can't you just give me the discount? I'm here supporting you. 
Yeah, uh, I, I hear that. Um, I'm not a big... I think the only card I have is, is a Target card. And I, that was, I got that when I was working at Target back back a few years ago. So I, I'm not a big, you know, join the join the membership and, and be a have it be a card holder of our of our establishment. I don't really do that. All right, Murph. Let's do what we told people we would do and try and offer up a bit of levity and some fun and talk some gopher sports, or at least we'll call it college athletics in general. And actually, before we get to get to gopher stuff and local local chatter, Murph, I do want to mention in my next segment, I'm going to be joined by Chris Dosky. Chris actually has the job that I used to hold about a decade ago in Winter, South Dakota. He is plugged in on the South Winter? Dakota. Winter, South Dakota. Opposite okay. a loser. Okay. South Central. I'll be, sure to, I'll be sure to map quest that. That's the kids I'm sure. It's about a six and a half hour drive from the Twin Cities. South South yeah. Central South Dakota and North Central Nebraska is where Winter South Dakota is, kind of right on the border. He's very in tune with the uh, South Dakota sports scene, and plenty of uh, Minnesota kids on both the uh, men's and women's South Dakota State and South Dakota rosters had their seasons cut short this year, including the 30-2 University of South Dakota Coyote women. So I'll talk to him about that and just, just fun's not the right word, but it'll be kind of interesting to check in another part of the country, albeit the next state over and see how they are doing. Okay, Gopher Sports related, Jalen Suggs is yet again Mr. Basketball in the state of Minnesota. Congratulations to him, and I, I truly do mean that. He is off to Gonzaga next year. I wish him a ton of luck. I hope he wins a national championship there, just not at the Gophers' expense. But I will say this to you, James Murphy, it is a little disappointing not to know that he'll be in maroon and gold next year when we are again playing sports. Were, were the Gophers even really a – I mean, were they even in the, in the finalist list? Because I don't ever recall there being steam where he was – even strongly considering Minnesota. Was that is that correct? Am I correct there? No, I do believe we were in his final mix, but it was one of those where I think we always knew or it was assumed that we just weren't really in the mix. Was it was it one of those uh, that we where we see they 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 tweet a picture of about six schools and you're just like, well, we'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll touch base in this in about a few months and and see where we're at because I feel like that's about as close as we got. Correct. This reminds me, Murph. I, I do believe you're correct, I, and if I'm wrong, somebody will angry tweet us and tell us. Yeah, this, this does remind me a little bit of years ago when Marquise Gray chose Minnesota in the. Um, uh, what, what what's the football game we play where all the high schoolers put on their hats? I don't know why I'm blanking on this, but they do this on live TV, and Mark, yeah. Yeah, and you saw the Minnesota hat down on the table, and you just assumed, well, it's kind of cool to see the Minnesota hat there, but there's there's no way this top 100 player, or top 50 players choosing Minnesota. This was obviously way back in the uh, Tim Brewster regime, and of course, as as people know, he did go on to choose that and played his entire career here at the University of Minnesota and went on to the NFL. Murph, we were talking before we started recording, uh, just between you and I, is the narrative fair that Richard Pitino doesn't get the big-name players? Because you you look this up, and obviously in the top of my head, I was going through some names, 
you know, maybe they don't always get the state's best player, and there's been some years where they've whiffed on a lot of players, but since Richard... 2017, we, we looked at in particular where it's a glaring... There was there was eight eight players in the top... In ESPN's top 100 from Minnesota, and the Gophers got a grand total of zero of them. So, interesting there. Um, but in general, your, your thought was correct where it just seems like and and maybe it's just because we 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 know of four players from minnesota going to and all all four of them being the top of the class going to the going to play for the duke blue devils and and even you see you know players choosing wisconsin over minnesota choosing other schools over minnesota and and that it just leads to this this point of view where we don't get anybody from the state. Okay, so Murph, you mentioned all the kids that went to Duke. In your mind, this is strictly an opinion question. In Love your those. in your mind, what is the number that's acceptable? Because I I don't think that it's acceptable every time to say, well, it's Duke. You can't compete with Duke. Realistically, I know that's really tough, but mm. Also, I think it's fair to say if you put seven or eight kids in a room and they were the number one player in the state, and let's say that eight of them were going to choose Duke, I don't think it's unfair to think that you could pry them away from a school like Duke once or twice. And I know it has happened. It just hasn't happened in recent memory. Do you do you have a thought on that, or is it just one of those things right now, as long as Coach K's there, that you just look at it and say, well, if they go to Duke, they go to Duke? Or do you do you view it the same way that I do, where you think it's entirely acceptable to think that the U, the University of Minnesota, should be able to steal a, a small number or handful of these kids away from the Dukes and the Kansases? Well, I, I do think that it, it, it is telling that you, you're not even competing and and you haven't gotten a single one of them. And we talk about the four the four players um, from Minnesota in you know since Richard has been coach, uh, where they've all chose Duke. You have of course uh, Trey and Tyus Jones. You have uh, Matthew Hurt last year, and you have Gary Trent. All four of them five star recruits who you can't get uh, to play at the University of Minnesota. But that's been kind of a telling thing ever since Richard has, has been the coach of the Gophers. And it, what, what's a little worrying to me is it's not just Duke. In, in 2014, you had Tyus Jones go to Duke, as I'm looking all this up right now. Um, Tyus Jones went to Duke. He was a five-star recruit from Minnesota. That year also you had Rashad Vaughn and Reed Travis, both five-star recruits from uh, the Twin Cities area both go to other schools going to UNLV and Stanford in, tw- in 2014. There's been, I think, a total of seven or eight five-star recruits in Minnesota since Richard has taken over the team. He's gotten none of them. Uh, Amir is going to be your closest to that. He was a four-star recruit. Turns out to be a very good player, but just not being not being um, competitive with those, those high-talent guys is really telling in my mind. Okay, let's do this, Murph, because I told you via email and in text that I wanted to stay positive on today's edition of the Score wow. North. I know, exactly. By the way, great research on your part. So, in well, an effort, yeah, I mean, I can, I can operate a computer and talk at the same time. Oh, good for me. In an effort to stay as positive as possible, buddy, 
I want to move away from gopher basketball and recruiting <laughs> the top one or two players in the state. I'm going to yeah. shift to something that's kind of funny, but you um, you mentioned Wisconsin, so it spurred my mind on uh, ESPN did their simulation and what they call their single run model, where they basically simulated the entire NCAA tournament. The one thing I don't know is where they came up with their roster. My guess is they just stole it from Crooked Lenardi and his bracketology. But they yeah. they basically claimed out uh, Wisconsin, the University of Wisconsin, the Badgers, as the national champions. I know this caused great angst to you. It's a fake national championship, and you were still incredibly bugged by it. Well, you know, I, I think they, they might have known exactly how I would react to such news. And in an effort, in a sad effort, may I add, to, to raise my blood pressure levels in, in, a, in a very... Uh, contentious time currently in our in our country, and then they throw that out there as as some fake uh, some fake national champion uh, uh, where where they're stimulating a fake bracket that didn't even get released, and and you're you're gonna have the gall to um, to announce that the that the Wisconsin Badgers are the the fake NCAA tournament champions. I I don't know I, I don't know how they would have gotten to that because me personally I. I wouldn't have the Badgers maybe going past the first round of the NCAA tournament. So the fact that they had them winning the entire thing is, I guess if they were like maybe a four seed, that's, I, I don't know. I don't, I, they, the only way that could have been possible is if they were just personally trying to affect me and they did that. So I guess good on them for that. I love how worked up you are just in your response to Look, a mythical it's, fake. It's, it's, like, of course it's Wisconsin, right? Like, of course, <laughs> when you saw that, like before you, and I don't know if it was sent to you, um, and you knew what, what the eventual result would be, but like, of course, Wisconsin would be picked as the fake national champions. Well, here, here's all I have to say, Murph. My thought here is, if you are one of the Badger fans, that any time I tweeted something along the lines the last few years when the Badgers bowed out of the NCAA tournament. Whether it was early or late, I would tweet something along the lines of, in the last 10 years, the Gopher basketball team still has more national championships than the Badgers. If you tweeted me angrily about that because the NIT doesn't count, and I will jokingly tell you, I didn't actually mean it, but if you took that bait and were very angry at me for claiming that the Gophers have more national championships, obviously counting the 2014 NIT, then you can't be one of these people on Twitter gloating about winning your fake uh, NCAA tournament that didn't actually happen. I'm not wrong there, am I? No, but I think in, in terms of Wisconsin fans, you should own this in the same way that we saw Central Florida uh, a couple of years ago proclaim themselves the, uh, the BCS champions. Um, I think that if you're... If you're a Wisconsin fan, they should. And, and a buddy of mine joked with me about this because I do have a lot of friends who are who are Badger fans. He they wanted he wanted to start printing T-shirts and and printing <laughs> like a simulation NCAA champions 2020. I think that's a wonderful idea. And if I was a Badger fan, I'd I'd wear that shirt proudly. Yeah, and actually, right now in today's climate, do it and donate a portion of the proceeds or all the proceeds. To charity, Murph, I'll give credit to a couple people here. Uh, Richard Pitino was on with Dan Barrero a few days ago, and I actually saw this quote 
not even come from there. I did see it uh, go for hole, and I think you may have sent it to me. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I, I did, I believe. Okay. Yes, but, I, sent it, I, I sent it to you and, and eagerly waited your response. I don't know why I keep doing this. I, I, I've said on multiple gopher shows, I think personally Richard Pitino seems like an awesome guy. I love his self-deprecating humor. He seems to understand that with his family name, that that probably comes with some good and probably some bad. Let's, we'll, we'll, I think we'll admit that. I, I'd hope that maybe he would admit that, that there's a little bit of baggage there. I think he's fairly, I think he's fairly easy to root for and you want things to work out here. And I don't think this quote is all that bad, but it also kind of made me chuckle a little bit. The quote right. is, the quote is, I thought in the conference tournament, if we had won two more games, we could have been back in the hunt for the NCAA tournament. I look at that and say, if you had won two more games, you may have been back in the hunt for the NIT. They weren't going to put you, if you had won two more games and then lost, they weren't going to put you in the NCAA tournament at 500. No, no. You, you would need to win the, the Big Ten tournament to uh, to have a chance at the NCAA tournament. And I, I think I, I had the same response as you. I, I wasn't, like, majorly upset about the quote. I just kind of, it just, it made me kind of chuckle because there's no way this team would have been considered for an NCAA tournament berth after winning, you know, they, they would have had to win the entire thing and that would be the way they got in. Not, not, uh, not by, not by gaining enough, uh, sympathy for, for making a baby run in the uh, big 10 tournament. But Minnesota and Indiana technically co big 10 tournament champions here in 20, in 2020, because they both, did win games. How about Murph? Undefeated. How about this? We didn't exactly undefeated. No, no, no doubt. We didn't get much of a chance to talk about this, but let's actually, I didn't, or excuse me, not talk about it. I didn't prep you for this or tell you we were going to talk about this newsflash. Well, this, yeah. Newsflash. This isn't always the most well thought out pod. That's why I have a lot of transition words. And, and what do they call that word vomit? When you, when you can't get the right words out. Sure. Sure. How about the Big East playing a half a game? Yeah. <laughs> and then, but but what this does though, Murph, is I don't put much of this on the Big East. I put this on the NCAA for not having basically they a. Had to have, they had to have each of the individual conferences just cancel their tournament. Why? And this was after they had already made a sweeping judgment that the NCAA tournament itself would be played with no fans. So what was stopping them from coming out and saying? Nope, we're just done playing. We're done playing these conference tournaments until we know more. I I, I completely agree with you. I, I have zero idea why they made each individual conference make that kind of decision for themselves. And that's when you have every single other conference other than the Big East cancel their their conference tournament, and the Big East goes on looking like a, a bunch of a bunch of dopes, and they play half a game when everyone else had already canceled that day's game. Yeah, and to me, Murph, it's not even really the Big East's fault. The fault here lies with the NCAA because they don't, they need to basically put a CEO, a czar, a grand pooba, whatever you want to call them, in charge of each sport that basically at the end of the day, for lack of a better term, says the buck stops here, we're making the decisions. It came out afterwards that basically you had the SEC, the Big Ten, and the ACC talking to each other 
Meanwhile, the Big East isn't even on the conference call. So right. they're so they're playing a half of a game and then like, shutting it like down. And, who was playing in that game? It was Creighton and who? Oh, I don't even remember. Was it Pittsburgh? I don't I don't know. That's I probably I have a Every th- it was funny because I was actually at work that day at my at my other job and I like everybody was sitting and watching that game because it was the only thing that was on and it was it was at like noon it was it was during the day and then they ended up deciding to call it at halftime but yeah it was just a kind of a surreal thing because you were getting all these notifications of of every every other tournament being canceled for that day the Gophers were actually we were waiting for the. Um, the Big Ten tournament to start. I think the Gophers were playing at, at one o'clock or one thirty that day, um, coming off their win against um, uh, against Northwestern. And yeah, you you see all these cancellations in the big the 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 Big East just is like, well, I guess we're going to start playing now. Murph, can we talk about shifting gears a little bit towards the end of our time on on this edition of the Score North Gophers Show? Again, thanks for listening. Tell your friends. We're available Apple, Spotify, the free Score North app, or at scorenorth.com, and literally anywhere you get your pods. Uh, the uh, head football coach, PJ Fleck, posted a, a tweet today basically going with the we're all in this together, thanking everybody in the community, sentiments that we echo. And I, I always love him for being on brand, ending his video with Row the Boat, Sky Imago, Gophers. But I... I I'll say this, I, I just outwardly, and sadly we know this is going to change, give it days, weeks, months, whatever it is, we'll start to see the political division again. But right now, I am very proud of the state, I'm proud of the state's leader, I'm proud of Governor Tim Walls, I'm, I'm, proud, of, I'm proud of the sports team stepping up to pay their workers who won't be working. I, as I told you last week, I'm proud of the company that I work for with a uh, you know, having a bit of an underlying health condition. They are literally trying to kick me out of the building and staying staying up and afloat with pretty much all of our content. I I, I just, we are in this together for however long this lasts. I, I think it's great to see. And I think it's, it's great for somebody, when you see somebody like PJ Fleck, who has, in all honesty, millions of dollars on the line, it's easier. I think it's it, it can be made easy when you do realize it's not just him who's being shut down. It's every college coach across the country. It does underscore this we're in this together message. And also, yes, hashtag stay home Minnesota or stay home MN. I know people need to go out. You need to get your groceries. I need to go to the pharmacy to get meds. I'm still going out for daily walks. Occasionally, there's an errand that needs to be run. But unless I really need to get out, Murph, I- I'm not. I'm I'm homebound. It's me and the kitty and a lot of Madden football. Yeah, no, it's 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 the same situation for me, and I've been working at home as well for about a week now. Um, I I previously had worked at home, so it wasn't like it was that big of a decision for for um, them to tell me to you know just hey work from home. So I've been doing that. Um, we we might be shutting down as a as as a business for my other my other job. Um, so that's going to be interesting going forward. Um, you know, am I am I going to uh, be furloughed at that time? I I don't know. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. And I know a lot of people are in that in that exact situation. So I mean, from from me to you, if if you're in that situation, you know, we we're all going to get through this. And it may be a little rough, but I I, I have no doubt 
that um, that our government is going to make it easier for those of us who may experience a, a loss of work for a period of time or not be able to maybe pay the mortgage, pay the rent. Um, I, I have a feeling we're going to, you know, it's going to be, we're going to be helped out in that situation. But I, I think just for everybody who's listening to this for, for an ex, you know, a reason to, to maybe think about something else, it's, I, we, we certainly have our feet to be able to provide that to you. And, uh, and, and thank you so much again, as Ross has, has said a couple of times, thank you so much for, for listening. We, we really do appreciate it. Yeah. And one final one for me, Murph, I've made multiple trips to my local, uh, cub foods just cause that's what I do. I grocery shop at least once, sometimes twice a week. They have yeah. stayed incredibly well stocked other than things like bread and pasta. They've, I've had no yeah. problem getting vegetables, no problem getting soup, things that I'm buying anyways. So props to them. And at least for me personally, I don't eat a ton of bread. So not the end of the world there. And I, I don't make a ton of pasta because I try and avoid it as much as possible because one, it's bad for the diabetes. But once I start eating it, I just crush pasta. Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and yeah, I've, I've had similar experience. I think the only the only thing it's been a little difficult to get is maybe toilet paper. But I think that's kind of a that's kind of that that's not like a, a, a location determinant thing. I think that's just everywhere. It's kind of difficult. And like you said, the bread, uh, sometimes even like eggs and milk are a little bit difficult to find. Um, or they just have a limited supply of it. And, and I know there are uh, some places are limiting what people get, which I think is a good thing because um, we, we definitely want to want to make sure that everybody can at least get something rather than um, unfortunately we've, we've seen a little bit of maybe hoarding stuff. And that's, that's not exactly what you want at a time like this. Quick trip, my friend, quick trip, always uh, at least the ones that I go to, there's two that I stop into. They have remained uh, incredibly well stocked too. your Jack's pizza intake. How's that going? I do still have a few in the freezer at one stop. I did notice they were out. Then I was back a few days later and then they were heavily stocked on Jack's pizzas and frozen pizzas. Yeah, the frozen frozen pizzas have been um, kind of here or there. Um, I I think especially like they go through runs on certain brands of them, and then those you you see like if you go through your frozen pizza aisle, you may see there's a ton of DiGiorno, but there's no Jacks, or there there's a ton of Freshetta, but there's no Orbs or something like that. Just the, with them going on a run of certain things. And yes, I, I did just rattle off four frozen pizza brands in about five seconds. So that that maybe says something about me. But no, I've 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 loaded up. I've loaded up on frozen pizzas. We're we're in no danger there. And uh, I've been I'm I'm like you. I, I don't go like once every two weeks and load up. I go like one or two times a week to to get what I need when I need to. So yeah, it's it's been um and and to be honest, it's not been as crazy as as maybe it seems on TV. And I think maybe sometimes they 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 show an image of of an empty shelf and it gets everyone all freaked out. But in general, I have had very limited like it's only certain things that they're low on and, and so that's been good and, and i've never run into a grocery store and been bombarded with people so far so that's been good as well too. yeah I've, I've been i've been happy about that murph as a single guy who lives alone with a cat there's never been that i can think of and i'm not trying to make light of the situation but i can't think of many betters not the right word but health scares that I can deal with. Everything I eat is out of a can or a box. I can find plenty of canned food and box right. food at the grocery store, oh, yeah. even if 
even if my favorites are out. That's that's about all that I have for you, Murph. I think this has been I think this has been good. I hope it sounds listenable as listenable as it possibly can for the uh, the pod subscribers and those that are finding us for the first time. But I, I appreciate you squeezing us in. If if this sounds passable and listenable, we'll uh, we'll do this again maybe sometime mid to late next week because there there has been some stuff that has come out. And oh, you know what? I'm I'm doing classic Ross. I'm telling you, I'm going to let you go. But then I, but then I'm not going to do that. Uh, we didn't have a chance to talk about this last week, but it's definitely worth a mention. Uh, Bob Stein going into the College Football Hall of Fame, class of 2020 inductee, played for the Gophers from 1966 to 1968. I was a little shocked to learn, and admittedly, I didn't know this. The 19th Golden Gopher football player to join the College Football Hall of Fame. I don't have the entire list in front of me. I'm assuming a lot of those players are between 1900 and 1968. I'm assuming most of them. I know there's probably been yeah, a, been yeah. a few since, but again, you know, uh, PJ Fleck talks about this a lot. This this program is not void of history, and when you see something like that, 19th player, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, I think so too, and it it, it um it really. It really uh, backs up what PJ was saying about getting back to the historical greats of, of what this program has been. And it's not like they haven't been there before. It's just been a while. And that's why you have that's why a lot of Gopher fans, maybe they, they skew older because th- that generation is is who is really around for the, the greats of the, the Golden Gophers back in the 60s and, and previous. And and if we can get back there, I think I think he's right. I think that's how we're going to that's how we're going to grow the fan base. That's how you're going to invite new people in who's, who have never really been, a, you know, even a college football fan in this area because the Gophers have never been really relevant. So I, I think that uh, you're right. It, it points to what PJ has been saying over the last couple of years. He wants to get back to, to, to the, the greats of, of what this program was. And it, you, what you just said, the 19th member of the, of the hall of fame, that, that is, I, I guarantee you that's that's probably top of, of uh, the nation for among for, for a football team. I, I have to think that's that's going to be up there with with the great programs of the past hundred years. He is the first gopher to be inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame since Sandy Stevens was inducted in 2011. That comes from gophersports.com. Murph, awesome stuff. Let's uh, let's remain in contact and keep doing our best to pod and and give as many that are listening an escape from the uh, real world. We're not asking you not to pay attention, but we certainly want to try and give you a little bit of an escape if we can, and we thank you so much. Murph, we'll talk to you soon, okay? Yeah, it was unfortunate we weren't able to look into each other's eyes during this episode, but I mean, I, I think it, it's worked uh, It's worked just the same. Yeah, I actually, that was a faux pas there. When, when Murph said, look into each other's eyes, I pulled the phone away to look at him and then realized because I did that, most people probably couldn't hear what he said. So my apologies, <laughs> my apologies, Murph. I'm literally holding the phone up to the speaker to try and uh, make the... Uh, yeah, we, make it, we make it work. We make it work. We, we, we do our best. Uncertain times and we're, and we're doing our best. Uh, I'm going to take a quick break, and I'm going to come back with Chris Dosky from KWYR in Winter, South Dakota. I want to talk about how the state of South Dakota is handling COVID-19, the coronavirus, and I want to pick his brain 
a little bit on what happened with the South Dakota State and South Dakota men's and women's teams with their seasons being cut short. I bring that up because there's a lot of Minnesota kids on those rosters, specifically the South Dakota women's team that's ranked 17th in the country and was 30-2 and two on the season. So we'll take a quick break, come back with Chris on the Score North Gopher Show. Gopher fans, it's Phil Mackey here with a question for you business owners specifically. Have you ever had an insurance claim that left you feeling like you got sacked in the end zone? When something bad happens to the company you built with your blood, sweat, and tears, you don't want to be left sitting on the sidelines waiting to get back in the game. You want your insurance team to be ready with a game plan that helps you recover smoothly so you can get on with running your business. Your local federated representative is ready to create a custom playbook of specialty insurance products and risk management strategies for you. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Welcome back to the Score North Gophers show, again available on Apple, Spotify, that free Score North mobile app, and also at scorenorth.com. As mentioned a couple times in the first segment with James Murphy, I'm now very pleased to be joined by Chris Dosky with KWYR in Winter, South Dakota. He is the sports director and a gentleman who I've gotten to know just simply by keeping in touch with the folks in Winter, South Dakota, where I once worked in Chris does a 1,000 times better job than I ever did. So, Chris, finally uh, glad to return the favor. Kind of odd circumstances to do so. You've had me on your show multiple times to check in on what's happening in Minnesota for the fine folks in South Central South Dakota and North Central Nebraska. But, albeit a Buckeyes fan, glad to have you on this edition of the Score North Gopher Show. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Ross. It's uh, great to be on your program. Looking forward to talking sports with you here today. Okay, so let's start. I mentioned it. I will just start with the Ohio State Buckeyes. I know we had went back and forth on Facebook. Probably, it might have been the week of the de facto Big Ten West championship game between Minnesota and Wisconsin, which, of course, we know did not go so well for the Gophers. I was desperately wanting to be the sacrificial lamb to Ohio State, even if it came at like a 70 to 7 drubbing. I don't think it would have been that bad, but it's just been, we we crave that here in Minnesota, Chris. I know a, a Big Ten title game to a Buckeyes fan, I, I guess I'd actually like to ask you how that's how that's received. Here, here in Minnesota, that would be almost like going to the Rose Bowl. Just to be that close and have it slip through the fingers when all they had to do was win a home game was was a tough pill to swallow, but it was nice to go on to the Outback Bowl and beat Auburn. But is going to a Big Ten title game now for an Ohio State fan kind of ho-hum? Is that just expected? Yeah, it really is. Um, you look at the state of the Big Ten right now, and I think they're, they're on a little bit of a upswing, I guess, if you will. You look at the conference, Penn State's been pretty steady the last four or five years. Iowa's been Iowa right around eight, nine wins each year. You look at that, and it is what it is. But Wisconsin's been pretty steady. Paul Chris has done a great job there. And I'm really excited about the go for future here. I know they lose some key pieces going into the next season, but I'm really excited. They got one of the best head coaches in the country right now. Um, but Ohio State's the cream of the crop right now. You look at some of the recruits that Ryan Day's been able to get in there over the last 24 months, 12, 24 months, and taking over for Urban Meyer. I'm a big fan of his. Justin Fields is coming back for uh, for his senior season. So, uh, 
Buckeye Nation, um, we, we always have the high expectations of making the playoff every year. It's just, can we win the big game when we get there? And unfortunately, we didn't this year with Clemson. But, man, it's it's a fun time to be a Buckeye fan, that's for sure. Is Jim Harbaugh ever going to beat Ohio State? I'm starting to come around to the idea, Chris. I don't think he's going to. And I also kind of think if he doesn't beat them this year, that might be it for Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. I know they'd have to pay him a lot of money to send him packing, but it's it's also Michigan. Now, who knows what the current situation that we're in, what the economics will look like. But, you know, my my hunch tells me Michigan could find that could find that money. Is Jim Harbaugh ever going to beat your squad? Well, to be fair, they probably should have beat us three or four years ago when they didn't get the right spot at the end of regulation. They probably should have beat us inside the shoe. But, you know, it's just amazing. Urban Meyer, when all those years uh, when he went up against Harbaugh, just showed showed you how much of a better coach he is than Harbaugh, X's and O's. And Ryan Day, this was supposed to be the year, Ross, that they were supposed to beat us. They had us at the shoe. Uh, they had us at, at the big house, beg your pardon. And we, we just had our way with them for the most part, with the exception of a quarter, quarter and a half, where they were able to move the football a little bit. Justin Fields came out of the ball game. Makes you wonder. I mean, we've been saying that the last couple of years. Uh, looks like Michigan's roster is a little bit better at the very top and key positions, and Harbaugh just can't get it done. It makes you wonder, Michigan boosters there in Ann Arbor, I mean, can he, can he do much better than Jim Harbaugh? That's the hot question if you do get rid of him uh, from the University of Michigan. But man, you, you got to beat your rival. I mean, they've had their struggles with their arch rival, Michigan State, Ohio State. I, I don't know. That, that's the million-dollar question. What do you do if you're in Arbor and you're a booster paying all that money uh, to, to Wolverine Nation? I, I don't know if they can. I mean, one of these years it's going to happen. Will Harbaugh still be there? I don't know. Well, I'll tell you this. As a, as a big P.J. Fleck fan, I am certainly hopeful that Jim Harbaugh finds a way to do it, and he finds a way to do it soon. Because one of the jobs in the country outside of Notre Dame that I'm terrified that P.J. Fleck would leave Minnesota for is Michigan. So if Jim Harbaugh wants to do enough every year to keep his job, that would certainly keep me happy to block that path from happening. I want to transition a little bit into uh, the state of South Dakota and just uh, the, the state of the hoops programs because we've spent so much time on this show talking about what it meant for the Gopher men's basketball team. And in all honesty, Chris, uh, when I say what it meant, obviously I'm referring to COVID-19 and the coronavirus. For the Gopher basketball team, Chris, I'll be honest, it it didn't mean a ton. They were going to have to win five games in five days to win the Big Ten tournament to get into the NCAA tournament, and that wasn't going to happen. And then if you say, well, what's the next step? Well, okay, if they could have won three games, maybe – they would have went to the NIT tournament. But that's, to me, that's really neither here nor there. You go to the NIT, cool, you don't go to it. Nobody's going to cry over it. But I checked this morning just out of curiosity, Chris, to look at the rosters of both the Jackrabbits men and women and the Lady Coyotes. And I say Coyotes because if you've spent any time in South Dakota, you learn very quickly, Chris, as you well know, it's the Coyotes, not the Coyotes. Plenty of Minnesotans on the roster, and that South Dakota women's squad, four Minnesotans, and I apologize, I'm probably going to butcher some of the names. You might be able to pronounce them better better than I can. But Macy Geibert will, will say, from my actual town that I'm currently sitting in, of Apple Valley, Minnesota, 
Liv Corngable of Rochester, Madison McKeever of Erskine, and Hannah Svern of Rogers. I believe that's how that one's pronounced. All play for that South Dakota Coyotes team that was 30-2, 16-0 in the conference. I believe they had won their conference tournament. And 17th in the country. Chris, you're talking about a squad that was probably, I don't know what their net is. I didn't do too much of a deep dive. But you're talking about a squad that was probably going to be somewhere between, what, a four and a six seed? In, in my mind, the, the coronavirus just took at least a sweet 16 bit away from that team. And that part... That does make me feel bad, not just for the Minnesotans on the roster, but for the entire team. You know, this team was so loaded, Ross, and USD's had some good teams. Blitzel White's a great coach, and it's it's an extra special team for me because I covered a couple of their players in high school. Kira Duffy went to a school, St. Thomas Moore out in the Black Hills, and she's been absolutely phenomenal. Chloe Lamb uh, went to Sully Buttes High School, covered them for a little bit when they played the Winter Lady Warriors. But this team, their defense is absolutely suffocating. And I call the Sweet 16 appearance that the tournament ever did that did happen. They're, they're Guards are absolutely phenomenal on the wings. Their pressure defense is suffocating. Their interior game is absolutely terrific. And people are saying, okay, that's in the Summit League. What's the big deal? I mean, they went up against some high-profile teams and did a great job. I don't care what conference you play in. You finish the regular season with just two losses. You're doing something right. And they just ran right through the Summit League tournament for the most part. SDSU, the Lady Jackrabbits had a really good season. And it was a really good ball game in the championship. But USD is just on a different level. And I think whoever they would have been matched up with, a lot of people were projecting them to be a 5 or a 6 seed. Obviously, you're in that 5-12 trap game in uh, the, the first round of the tournament. It's unfortunate we never got to see it happen and who they would have been paired with, what kind of the matchup it would have been in the first round. But, man, Ross, you, you look at that team, whoever paid close attention to them from early December up till the last couple of weeks when the Summer League tournament ended a couple of Thursdays ago. This team was very absolutely special. And Plitza White, the coach, uh, said that uh, in her postgame presser after the SDSU win uh, for the Summit League Championship. Uh, this team's special, and uh, we'll see what the future holds. They lose a, a couple of big seniors off of that roster for next year, but, man, they were, they were fun to cover this year from a distance, that's for sure. How far do you think they realistically could have gone? It's very tough to project out NCAA tournaments, as you know, but... Is it fair to assume that this was a Sweet 16, maybe Elite 8 team? I, yeah, I, I think definitely a, a Sweet 16 team. It all depends how the how, how all the matchups pan out. But if they would have ran into a big team that had some size inside, that, that would have gave them fits. But, man, their guards can match up with almost any guards in the country unless it's like a top five team in the nation that they're matched up with. They would have had trouble then. But, yeah, I, I was projected a Sweet 16 appearance from USD. I felt, felt that good about the Lady Coyotes this year. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the South Dakota State Jackrabbits men, I believe if they had won their conference tournament, they also probably could have given some teams fits. I'm guessing they probably would have been, what, somewhere maybe in that 13-14 seed range? But that's a program that's been to a few tournaments now and names that a lot of a name that Minnesotans would know. Uh, Cole King from Caledonia, he's on that roster, and his brother Noah actually committed back in late September as well to play for SDSU from Caledonia. So there's your Minnesota connection there. But that South Dakota State team, had they won that conference tournament, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't believe that one had finished yet, but they could have given some fits to a team too, couldn't they? 
Yeah, the, the, the Summit League, uh, they actually wrapped up the men's, too. North Dakota State beat UND in the Battle of North Dakota in the championship game. Uh, it was kind of disappointing. State lost to UND in a big upset in the first round of the tournament. And I, the, the shooting was terrible. They didn't play really good defense against uh, UND in that first round game, which which was kind of disappointing. I don't know. I didn't think they were going to win the Summit League because NDSU is just on a different level. And they probably could have won a game in the, in the big dance had they got a decent draw as being a 13 or 14 seed. Um, it, it was unfortunate. I was hoping South Dakota State would be paired up with NDSU in the championship. We never got that opportunity. They just couldn't make it. Uh, they just couldn't make any shots in that first-round game, which is unfortunate because they got some decent athletes on that team. They weren't a team like Nate Walters or a team like that in the last five, six years that we've seen in South Dakota State having some potential. But um, that, that's just how March Madness goes, one one off night and you're done. So. so there you go. A good broadcaster should always be prepared. I've been so enthralled in the home office and, and with work from afar, I didn't do my due diligence enough to see that that tournament had wrapped up when – pretty much everything was being shut down. Did you see, I talked about this with James Murphy in the first segment of this edition of the Score North Gophers show. Did you happen to see the ESPN model that ran through the entire simulation and in an effort to, I think, give both James and I a heart attack and undue anxiety, declared that Wisconsin won the national championship? Did you see that? I did. I was I was kind of baffled by that. I'm like, of all the teams that you could have came up with, how, how in the world does Wisconsin win, win this tournament field? I mean, did they just get the best, like, region possible? Like, how do you avoid certain – like, I would have picked, gosh, almost probably double-digit teams before I got to Wisconsin. Does Ohio State share – so in, in Minnesota, I think if you ask a lot of Gophers fans, Chris – most people would tell you the the team that they despise the most is Wisconsin. Some would say Iowa, and then from there on out, everybody just kind of maybe has their third team. Ohio State, when it's not Michigan, uh, it, it, do we share that animosity towards Wisconsin? Yeah, it's up there. I mean, it's obviously not at the level of Michigan or someone like that. Penn State's pretty high up my list, too. But, yeah, Wisconsin, I just something about that school when you see those colors come onto the field. And it went back for me when I was a kid, Barry Alvarez and the sidelines and Ron Dane and that running game. It's just like it just seemed like they were unstoppable for so many years. It's just like we got all the athletes on the other side of the football. Why can't we do anything against them? I, I, I share similar feelings toward uh, towards Badger Nation. I really do, yeah. Walk me through, uh, just just so you know, Chris, uh, my, my employer, Hubbard Broadcasting, similar to a lot of companies here in Minnesota, you know, there's – the seven county metro area is three million plus people and there's nothing on the traffic grid because everybody's either not working or working from home. Walk me through what it looks like in South Central South Dakota and maybe even the state of South Dakota, if you don't mind, just from your view with this COVID outbreak and how you guys are handling it and approaching it in your office place. Yeah, it's been, it's been a been an eerie time here, that's for sure. We have a lot of people uh, working from home or feeling for our area businesses, restaurants, retailers, and whatnot. It's, it's, it's been a struggle here uh, the last couple of weeks with people not going out. Uh, but we always have great support here in Central South Dakota. When we need some help uh, with whatever it is, people always answer the bell. But it's I've never experienced like, anything like this in my entire life. Obviously, never 
no one ever has, but especially with me in the sports department, uh, we're down home radio. No one does it better than us uh, with local radio, high school sports and whatnot. Uh, we were supposed to be getting ready for a state high school basketball tournament. Our hometown team, Winter Liddy Warriors, trying to go back-to-back state championships. And obviously it's kind of up in the air. We're waiting for school to get started. Um, Governor Noam, she just made the announcement at her press conference, I believe it was Tuesday, maybe a bit Wednesday, um, two straight weeks with no school. I talked to the Activity Association executive director. He said, we're just waiting uh, to make a decision on the state basketball tournaments. Um, we we got to wait till school gets resumed. And all of us in the sports business are very impatient and want an answer right now. Either tell us, yes, we're going to play. No, we're not going to play. Is it going to be April? Is it going to be May? Some coaches said maybe we got to wait till June. And then that puts spring sports in the back burner, which is really unfortunate for all the athletes out there, especially the seniors. So, yeah, just kind of an eerie feeling right now with everything that's been going on. Uh, we've had a few more cases reported this week. Uh, I feel about I feel for those people who have come down with the virus, but uh, we'll see what happens. Hopefully when we turn the calendar to April, um, we, we learn more about this and hopefully less cases knock on wood. Uh, here in the next few weeks. Yeah, it's very interesting because the CDC recommends no gatherings of 50 or more people for eight weeks, and then the president and his administration say a day or two later you should only gather in groups of 10 or less. Well, Chris, you and I both know big sports fans cover sports, work in sports. Uh, I mean, what is the percentage of sports activities that take place that have 10 to 50 people? I mean, it's... it's it, I, nothing is ever truly zero. I mean, tennis, there's a couple people in golf, but then you still have all the spectators. So it's just a very interesting and uncertain times, but day, day by day is all that we can do. And as I've been telling people in passing from my six feet away, you know, stay, stay happy and stay healthy. That's about all that we can do. But I, I'm very appreciative of your time. Please make sure that you uh, tell everybody back in uh, South Central South Dakota, North Central Nebraska, that I say hello. And when Minnesota takes on Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game this upcoming year, I'll make sure to have you back on and we can talk about that. Sound great? I'm keeping my fingers crossed that is the case. This has been an absolute blast. Hopefully uh, we can make a trip together to Indianapolis for the Big Ten championship game. And I always root for the Gophers whenever they're not playing Ohio State. I always always root for their success. And uh, P.J. Fleck, uh, such an easy guy to root for and keep rowing that boat. Hey, if we play some baseball this summer, I'm hopeful that we will. Probably a condensed season you got to get up here and check out Target Field. I mean, your your days of seeing Lindor in a in an Indians uniform are, are coming to a close. So you got you got to get up here and see uh, see Target Field and see the Windians and Twins. One one of uh, it's on my bucket list. My dad and I try to go out every summer and visit a different ballpark. Uh, I need to get to Newbush Stadium. I need to get to Target Field. Target Field, uh, obviously, not that far away from uh, my stomping grounds here in South Dakota. So we got to make it happen this summer. Well, and you also have Green Day, Weezer, and Fallout Boy at uh, at Target Field in August. So you got that going for yeah. you. Chris, thanks a ton. I appreciate it. Hey, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, uh, hopefully uh, we can get some Twins baseball on here soon and put all this behind us, man. That is Chris Dosky from KWYR in Winter, South Dakota and KWYR.com. Chris is also available on Twitter at Chris Dosky 3 Chris, D-O-S-K-I-3 on that wonderful Twitter machine. Talking some Gopher football, some Ohio State football, and also University of South Dakota and South Dakota State 
basketball, both men's and women's. Again, those rosters just littered with Minnesotans. So I thought it was only natural to talk to Chris about those schools and even the state of South Dakota about how they are dealing with the COVID-19 coronavirus outbreak. My thanks to Chris. He does fantastic work there in South Central South Dakota for the great people of Winter South Dakota and the surrounding area. That is going to do it for this edition of the Score North Gophers show. We will keep doing these as often as we can. Thank you so much again, sacrificing a little bit on the audio, but we definitely wanted to make sure we could keep you entertained as much as we possibly could. My thanks to Chris Dosky. Also, my thanks to obviously Mr. James Murphy at Murph underscore MN on the Twitter machine. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the Score North Gophers show. We will talk again soon and please stay healthy and stay happy.